Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host today, Paul Arnold, and I'm joined by Ernest Watts and my son, David Arnold. And today we lost a legend, uh, a towering figure in many different ways in the sports world. Bill Russell passed away today at 88, I believe. Um, so, Ernest, you've been following NBA longer than anybody else I know. Um, how would you? How do you even start summarizing this guy's career? Wow. And I'm probably the only one of y'all that actually saw him play live in a game and, and on television. He is a winner. I mean, that's just it. His his numbers, his statistics look mediocre when you compare him to the guys that he was playing against, Nate Thurman and and, and Will Chamberlain. I think the the one number that stands out more than anything else, and Bob Ryan, uh, the Boston columnist, came up with this, and I, I sent it to you, Paul, was – all time, he's in twenty. He was twenty-one and zero in winner-take-all games. That was the tournament for the Olympics, NCAA's, of which he had two championships, and Game Sevens in the NBA. Twenty-one and zero in game. In that, that just blows. My unbelievable. Mind. And it just—it was a winner. He was, you know, uh, he wasn't the first major sport African American coach. Willie Thrower back at the the pre-runner for the NFL was the first of the big four, but he was the modern times. He took over for a coach who had won nine, nine championships. And that's the amazing thing when he replaced Red Arbach in a, in a city that virtually hated him. Uh, Boston is a, then was a Bruins town. It was way before the Patriots and, and the Red Sox were a sub 500 team, but he, he was a man who, who stood out. Um, they had exhibition games in Kentucky when they would not serve him and his teammates. He walked out when they had games in which they were told they had to stay in another hotel in the South exhibition. They would cancel the games and his, his confrontation. I mean, there's a story told that, uh, he bought this nice house in a white neighborhood. And the first time he came and his wife comes home, somebody had defecated in his bed. I mean, he never was beloved by Boston. He was loved by the other segments of it. And and a lot of his story goes back to his rivalry with Wilt Chamberlain, who at one time they, they were great friends until people would tell Chamberlain, well, he's just using you to get in your mind, which I don't think Russell was the ultimate competitor. Maybe he was, but I think he had genuine feelings. When Wilt passed away in the 90s, he was he was heartbroken because I think the two of them understood what it meant to be in that position. And it's almost impossible to understand because in the NFL, NFL, excuse me, in the NBA, uh, the center position has been so devaluated. But in the 60s and 70s and 80s, that was the number one position. You had to have a center. And, and even though a lot of the personnel changed, those 11 championships that he won in the NBA. Uh, there's nobody on that 57 team that was with him with that 68-69 team that won the championship. He just, I remember he ran. Other players would walk up to court, but he always beat everyone down court. And he, had a, he got every rebound he could see. Again, his shooting statistics are mediocre, but he just made the team better. He was a winner, and it wasn't some statistical thing. It was just, and he was the first NBA center really to concentrate on defense. To the fact that when he would block shots, he would not block them, you know, big show into the stands. He would tip them and block them towards a teammate to start a fast break and then beat that teammate down court. Now, when he got away from there and was general manager and, and coach for Seattle, he did not have the success. He went back and was a broadcaster for ABC in the early 70s. And, and you know, until that bored him, uh, he did a fairly decent job. He was very understated. But that was the thing. I think intellectually he was so voracious. And he, got in, he instilled himself in, in so many causes. And his relationship with a, a, a elderly Jewish man from Washington D.C., Red Abach, and an urban African American from uh, Oakland, California, 
it was a father and son type of relationship. It, it truly was one for the ages. And we'll never see, I mean, the only person in major sports who comes close to 11 championships was Rocket Richard with the Montreal Canadiens. But, but then again, he was never a coach. He was, and he played on a shift. He wasn't on the court all the time. But the dynamic of, of Chamberlain and, and Russell, there's never been a personal rivalry in any sport, which tops that too. Two guys that were could easily have been one too. And a lot of people, I mean, it's only people my age who remember seeing him play and have this, this inability in words to express uh, what he was able to do and how he could change the game. But he, he, he still to this day, has the record for the most NBA final games played. <laughs> and that's, that's astounding in that respect. I mean, I grew up with two dynasties, the UCLA dynasty and the Boston Celtics dynasty. And, and both of them will never, ever be replicated. We can't get two teams to win back-to-back in the NBA now. And now I've exhausted you with the no, dollars. Bill no, Russell. so I'll go next and then David can go third so amazingly he had an unbelievable career with olympics and so many different things his high school teammate was frank robinson the famous baseball player uh mm-hmm. he high school mcclemens oklahoma in, in oakland california mcclemens high school sorry, sorry yeah Paul. so many different ways he connected with people but he was also surly he wasn't always the nice guy um and never so, signed an autograph never signed an autograph he's, didn't go to the white house on. And so he was a, his own man, and I think there's a point where, if I read it right, and I'm a white guy reading about talking about black guys, but there's a point where, in some ways, he was in that age where he had to help define who he was apart from the rest of the world. He couldn't let the rest of the world define him as an African American. I mean, stories about how his parents were mistreated, and he, but I would say this generation and the generation uh, in the last. 20 years owe a lot to him and Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, you could argue that their skills today may not have been as dominant as back then because they were playing against more white guys back then, but you have to give them so much credit for dealing with so much. I would even say he is not exactly the Jackie Robinson of the NBA, but boy, the way he won and the way he did it in a way that was you had to give him respect um, just changed um, the way in the hustle you could not argue about his hustle and his determination. And like you said, uh, Red Arbach, here's this short white Jewish guy from New York who realized as a good coach that he just had to allow this guy to do all the little things that made them a winner. So, David, do you think today's NBA players owe anything to, or what do they owe Bill Robinson? I, I think Bill Russell is. Oh, Ro- excuse me, Bill Russell. Yeah, yeah, wow, I'm he, old guy already. Yeah, that's all right. He he did all of the hard things, right, to make life easier for professional athletes. Uh, you know, of all you think, I mean, not just African American basketball players, but you know, European basketball players. Even Bill Russell opened a door just for people that weren't currently playing in professional sports in America, right? I mean, th- there's a reason why the NBA Finals trophy is named after him, right? He he is he did all the things to to set up future generations. And he was a leader off of the court, which we've, you guys have touched upon. He was always willing to mentor people. Um, just some amazing things. And you think the last two NBA championships he won, he won as the head coach and as a player. Uh, so he was, you know, an African-American head coach in the NBA, as well as a player. The, the amount of respect he had to have earned and he had to go above and beyond in every possible way, right, to create this path for future generations. And he did. And he did so with, with such grace. And you talk about legendary lives lived. I mean, he's 88 years old when he passed away. Um, and, and you just think, man, like, you could only be so lucky to have a life like Bill Russell. I mean, what what a complete icon in every sense of the word, legend in every sense of the word. Um, I, I just I think about how absurd it was that he was the head coach and the player for the last two championships he won. Um, but also, 
some more crazy things about him. He was voted MVP one year, the same year that Wilt Chamberlain averaged 50 points per game, <laughs> and, and Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double. Bill Russell was still the MVP that year. Um, so when you think about just the amount of, of gravity that he, he had as a player and as a leader in the NBA is just unmatched. The, the fact that I had the fact that he had never lost a game seven. He was 10 to no in game sevens. But then Ernest went ahead and, and threw out the elimination game stat, which is just unbelievable to think about. I mean, what, what another level uh, of just all-time greatness. And it's not like he was playing against chumps the entire time. You know, at the end of his career was during Wilt Chamberlain's prime, right? So so this is Wilt Chamberlain's prime that Bill Russell still was able to have that kind of success. It's just unmatched. You'll never – we're at a different place in sport, uh, in culture, where, where you, can't, you can't have a career like Bill Russell's. It's just near impossible. You know, unless we're going to invent a new sport uh, with some highly in, politically incorrect <laughs> views, it's just it's just not going to be possible. So Bill Russell just lived a great life, and he's a great man, and it's cool that everyone is honoring him appropriately. A little bit more about that last championship team that he played on. They uh, basically they were in the last playoff position, and only got in that by one game. So they had did not have home court advantage for the entire, and they finished up a seven-game series against the Lakers. That was the Lakers of, of Baylor and Chamberlain and, and Jerry West. And, and, and again, it was uh, one of the all-time greats because Don Nelson won the, the winning shot. But he, in that last game, game seven, he came into the locker room, and Jack Kent Cook was the owner of the Lakers stand. He had put all these balloons in the ceiling with nets to support them, you know, for the celebration. Because they were sure they were going to win the championship. And Bill Russell took on this and said, guys, let's go out there and play and make sure those balloons never hit the ground. So that was the motivation got him to win game seven. He would famously throw up before every game. The, the players on the Celtics knew that was game time, but they heard him in the bathroom retching all the time. Mm. But and well, again, I had last, a different tradition we, before every game, but oh, okay. it was a little more cleaner than that. But anyways, the last time we saw him was at the Warriors championship. He did uh, give out the award to Steph Curry for MVP of the NBA Finals. So that was about what six weeks ago. It wasn't that long ago? Yeah, it's another another one of the giants of my childhood, and and uh, the guys he played with. There, you know, this year we lost Sam Jones who was from Wilmington, North Carolina. And Casey Jones has been dead. Havlicek passed away a few years ago. Bob Cousy is, I think, and, and Don Nelson are the only ones left from those championship games, some of those teams that Russell played with. Of course, Don Nelson's smoking hemp in Hawaii with Willie Nelson. Yeah, so. I can't think of two more opposite individuals than <laughs> Bob Cousy and Donnie Nelson. Yeah, Kuzi still does a little radio, and and he's still pretty sharp. But yeah, Don's got his own hemp brand. He's in, really every Saturday night he plays a poker game and smokes weed with uh, Willie Nelson. Uh, who else is in with them? Uh, Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. Wilson Jimmy Buffett or something? No, Buffett's not with them. Uh, 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 oh my, the the Willie, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> when you when you think about where Donnie Nelson is now, it puts into perspective that Warriors team, the the eight seed team with Stephen Jackson and Baron Davis and some of those characters. How how truly wild of a of a team that must have been and with Donnie Nelson ties. leading the way. Do you remember his fish ties? Yeah. Don Nelson wore these ties that were fish. It's <laughs> the ugliest ties you've ever seen in your life. But, you know, it's, it's, again, that was, and, you know, the Sunday game of the week on ABC was usually the, the Lakers and the Celtics all the time. I, I grew up, the one thing we missed that I always hate was the year that, that Russell retired, and he was going to retire that entire year, was the next year Javar, who was known as Lou Alcindor at that time, came in. So we never got to see that Alcindor, uh, Jabbar, 
uh, Russell matchup, where I thought would have been, I think he would have held the stop. You know, 20 years ago, if you told me could Russell play now, and I go, eh. But the way the game's changed, the way the court spread, it's, it's mm. quickness and it's speed. You could be a 6'9 center and, and, and dominate. Kevin Durant, the, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's, you know, he could have sharpened his, his shooting game, but he didn't have to. He had great shooters on the team. Mm. So that's what the next question I was going to ask. Is there any player today that comes even close? Forget the winning percentage, because that's just out of this world. It's never going to be matched. But any player today that's close in some way to Bill Russell? I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, it has to be LeBron James for, for whatever faults you want to lay upon him. But just in terms of stature, right, you think like us or Bill Russell made it to, you know, 13 finals, right, and won, and won all 13 of them. I'm surprised that LeBron James hasn't broken Bill Russell's record for most NBA Finals games played yet. Concer- I, I guess in my mind there weren't seven games in the NBA Finals back then, but there might have, I guess, he had know, towards, one. He had towards one. the end of his career there were. But I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that at the beginning of his career there were seven-game series. Um you just think the consistency to play at, at that high of a level the entire time is unmatched. Uh, but you talk about changing the game. Steph Curry has probably changed the game more than anyone else over the past 20 years, you know, 30, 40 years. So, so when you talk about changing the game, uh, that's a way. But who, who would be – who is the player that would be the best player slash coach over the past – 30 years. Let's go back to the MJ era, even. 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Which player would be the best player coach? Would it be LeBron? I mean, he practically maybe was a coach. Oh, I thought you were talking about official. You know, the youngest player coach uh, coached down the street from y'all. You, you'll never guess who it is. Bill and Beer? No, 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 no. Dave DeBusher. Oh, when that's he coached, right. When he coached the Pistons, he was 23 years old. And... Oh. Pitching for the White Sox at the same time. What? And he was oh, a coach? Yeah. Yes. He at was 23. Pitched, at 23 of the Pistons, and he was a starting pitcher for the White Sox. <laughs> but he won a world championship with the Knicks. One with the Knicks. I mean, he's one of those. He, he, <laughs> and he was the last ABA commissioner also. He died early, but he's one of those guys that, you know, as much as we hear about Bill Bradley, who to me was above average. Dave DeBush is what made that team win. And, you know, you hear about the old ancient Knicks. We're talking 1970, one. folks, when the yeah, Knicks Yeah, sorry about that. But the, you talk about, and that's, you know, again, that's a franchise that has two championships. But they, they talk about it on and on and on again. Uh, by the way, Bill Russell has more championships than any one franchise, except <laughs> for the Celtics. Nice. Uh, uh, you know, you and he has five MVPs. There are only three guys with, five MVPs or more. And we know who those are. But back to what was it? The Knicks. I mean, you hear about Frazier and Willis Reed limping out there and scoring two, uh, two baskets to win game seven against the Lakers. Dave DeBusher ran that team. He was the heart and soul of the Knicks back then. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, he's one of those guys that I saw as a kid that has been entirely forgotten. And but we were really on talking about what player today would be similar oh, to Steph Curry. Steph Bill Curry. Curry. Steph in the way that he, he dominates the game. I mean, style of play, Ben Wallace was always the closest thing I saw to Russell. That was for just a short period of time. Bill, Ernest, who, who, could be, who could be a coach and a player at the same time in the NBA? In the right past? now, Steph? You, technically you still do it. Steph could do it. He would have to have somebody that has respect. So that eliminates Kyrie, 90% (laughs) of the players. Kyrie would Uh, be the first to volunteer to be the coach. Yeah, that would be the problem. That's that's been precisely the Nets problem. Uh, I I wanted to look really strange and tell you some names out of left field. Marvin Williams was one when he was playing. I thought he could have been one. Nicholas Batum, I think, could be one. You look at the guys, uh, Andres Iguodala. I think he yeah. could be 
think about Tony Parker. I think Tony Parker, yeah, it's 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 not can't be a star. It has to be someone who understands what it's like to sit on the bench, how to mm-hmm. physically work yourself into shape. So it's got to be someone like that. Damian Lillard might be the exception as a star, and uh, yeah, in that kind of mind. But. That's, that's to me again. It's got to be somebody who's uh, who has some gravitas to him. Yeah, they would have had to have been at their place for a long time as well. Yeah, and to an extent that that. They've got to be respected. I mean, Butler couldn't be one. Uh, I mean, it's could could, t- could Tim Al Duncan Horford, carry Al a Horford. lot? Oh, Tim Duncan could be. He tried to. He's tried being an assistant coach. Al Horford he just didn't like it. Yeah. Al, Al Horford. Horford. Al Horford would be a good one. Yeah. It, it's guys that. like that. Guys who are not stars, but who are just solid. And I know people go to point guards, but most point guards are a little bit volatile. And, and, let yeah, me take that's... a different angle at this you know players today making a ton of money but players of the old school didn't make a ton of money and i like how the major league baseball and the baseball teams like the tigers hire their former great players just as public and ambassadors right they they pay them like i don't know four or five hundred thousand or whatever to just represent the team and realize they didn't make big money when they were playing did Bill Russell have that with the NBA, or do you think that should be done more with the great stars who, you know, played really great but didn't get much money in the back in the day? That does bring up a good story. Do you know what his salary? I can tell you what his salary was every year he played after 1960. You always go to Red Arbach and say, "Pay me one dollar more than Wilt Chamberlain is making." <laughs> that was his contract every year. Uh, so how much was, was that? Fifty grand? Uh, at the most, yeah. They, he never, they didn't touch a hundred grand until after he'd gone. It was fifty or sixty, maybe seventy. I think was the most he made. But now he made a lot of money because uh, he would do a lot of corporate speeches and talks, basically on leadership and those types of things. And, and the latter part of the sixties, when it became more radical, a lot of colleges would call him in. A lot of college youth organizations. They have him speak about race relations and things of that nature. So he was he was on demand. Uh, I mean, he he could be charming and witty and and funny. I mean, that kind of came up across in the ABC uh, basketball broadcast of the NBA. Uh, he he had the right phrase, but he just got bored at that. I think he was intellectually always looking for something to challenge himself. But uh, yeah, the, he always one dollar more than than Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> but you know again people it, it was like kind of like ollie and, and frazier people thought that they until the end but the, the you know there weren't that many athletes in that position so naturally it would gravitate to each other nate so, thurman was great friends with both of them also nate thurman bowling green state university alum yeah. <laughs> another one of those guys who's he came up at the wrong time because he came up willis Reed was getting all the, the love from the New York media, and he had Chamberlain, he had Russell. Thurman was incredibly strong. Um, one time a guy tried to challenge him on a dunk. No, 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 excuse me. He was going to dunk, and the guy challenged his dunk. And Thurman broke all of his fingers at the rim. That's how incredibly strong he was. He had muscles on muscles. But see, he played in uh, what was then the – San Francisco Wars that time. The West Coast just didn't have the publicity. Those games were played late at night. So he didn't get the, the proper credit that, that he should have. The NBA has always thrived around great rivalries, right? That's part of what makes the oh, yeah. NBA so special. You can see their faces on like you know football or whatnot. So you think is Bill Russell and and Wilt and then Wilt and Kareem. Then, and then Walton and Jabbar. Walton and Jabbar. Oh, yeah. I was, and then Bird that, and Larry. That was a short period of time because remember Bill Walton's yeah, period of excellence was yeah. only about two years. I guess uh, the UCLA hype. Yeah, helped yeah, yeah. Feel that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when yeah, yeah. they when they went won the championship in '77, uh, he eliminated LA, and it was a big rivalry between both of them. And basically what happened is Walton set up at the top of the circle and would 
feed passes in to Bob Davis and 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 Luca, uh, Maurice Lucas and guys like that. But then you're right. Then we got into Bird and Magic, and then we had the triumphant of Bird, Magic, and Michael. But really, without without Russell and Wilt to start that, uh, you know, you wonder, you know, sliding doors where the NBA would be. Oh yeah, because uh, because you really needed the rival to Bill Russell's Celtics, right? You needed that. Yeah, David, before that period, the NBA was pretty much lost. I mean, the best ball players was a a white balding guy from LSU, Bob Pettit. But teams would uh, play as much as 20% of their game in other markets. Games weren't broadcast. They weren't on radio. Uh, They would play double headers and triple headers just to get the (laughs) attendance. Yeah. You'd have in Madison Square Garden, you would have NBA triple hitters. And sometimes, and at that time, college basketball was big in New York. So they would try to draw on, they'd have a college game come on at seven and then play the NBA game at 7.30. Hopefully people would not leave so they could get some of the attendance. And it was teetering. Franchises were folding right and left and moving. And until Chamberlain and Russell came there, that that kind of galvanized the sport in the public's mind, and and before that, it you know the the big three before that was it was baseball, then the NFL, and then college football, and that was it. Yeah, pretty wild, Bill Russell, man. All right, well, tribute to Bill Russell to start this, but let's keep with our NBA theme for a little while. We have a bunch of free agents or people who want to be free agents right now. Uh, David, let's start with KD. Where do you think he'll end up when it's all said and done? It's kind of feeling like he's a little stuck at the moment, isn't it? You know, the Suns are kind of out of the picture, for, from what I would imagine. It it has to be, it has to be Miami one way or another, right? If he's not going to play for the Nets next year, I still think it's, I still think it ends up being Miami, right, Ernest? Uh, no, I'm thinking uh, Boston because there's the complications. Oh, if, 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 that's you know, right. Complications. You can't have Simmons and Bam on the same team. So and what happens? What I happens? Think he's stay. I think he's going to stay. But I think yeah. Boston the only Boston can offer. But right now, the the hangout with Boston is uh, oh the little the little feisty point guard who gets in trouble all the time. Marcus Smart. Yeah, Marcus Smart's the hangout. They won't throw him in in the deal. Uh and, and I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think if you're Boston, you want to sell your, I get, I guess maybe if you're to compare this, it would be similar to the Toronto Raptors trading. Um, well, they want, they, they want Scotty Barnes. The, the, the rumor is with Toronto is they want, well, they want, the Nets want Scotty Barnes. I'm just, I'm just like saying that. that this is similar to the Kawhi Leonard, oh, DeMar yeah. DeRozan trade where, have the Celtics hit a ceiling? Do we think they've hit a ceiling? But the thing is, like, Jalen Brown and Tatum really feel like they're just, it's just starting to happen, right? They're not the greatest mix together, but it is just, this thing is just starting to happen. So do you want to trade that away so you can get two two years of KD? And, and, uh, and, and KD is ball dominant, and so is Tatum. Who's and how old, is K- how old is KD now? Like, you talk about injuries and... 35. Yeah, are you trusting? It's it's wild how quickly we've we've come to anticipate star NBA players not fading away, right? LeBron just has not faded away. Katie's thirty five. You know how? You know MJ was what? How old when he played his last NBA game? Kobe was like thirty six or thirty seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so, Michael left at thirty two, and then he came back at thirty six. Remember, he yeah. left a period of time. So, and, See, the, and the problem with Miami, David, is they just don't have assets. I mean, yeah. outside of Bam, and then you got the problem with with uh, with uh, uh, Simmons. I mean, it's just the assets don't match up because of those those re-signed rookie contracts. And what? I know, I know, Miami's hot after him. They're hot after Mitchell, but I just don't. What I mean. They've kind of hurt themselves in. They've built a team with no true stars. They've got a lot of workmen like, you know, guys who do the dirty work. But 
no true star, no guy who's going to individually on themselves lead your team Billy, to the championship. Jimmy Butler's he's not quite there yet. And not yet, has he? This is his fourth team he's been with. I don't know. I we're we're in the, we're in the era where NBA stars are locked. Yeah. We're just kind of locked into what you want because I mean, you, you sign those supermax or the closest thing you can get on the sign and trades and and. Teams don't want that on their on their payroll when they're 35. You know, I don't think Russell Westbrook's going anywhere. Uh, Do you uh, think that you think the Knicks are going to give up six draft picks and Reddish for Donovan Mitchell, who Donovan Mitchell does not play any defense? When did it sit? James Harden says, "Okay, well, well defense." Here's the thing: the Knicks did <laughs> just give a hundred million dollars to Jalen Brunson, so. <laughs> Yes, I do think they'll give. I well, I don't know about six draft picks, but do, will they make a really dumb move? Yes. Oh will yeah. Play? Yes. Will Will Don Mitchell end up in New York? Yes. Yeah, I do think he'll end up in New York one way or another. Just Just because the Knicks are gonna Knicks, no matter what. Well, see, the, Knicks, the problem with him and Gobert was Gobert could see what no one else could see. He does not play any defense. He's as bad as as Harden is for that. Uh, Ole defense, you know, wave <laughs> the red cough and let him go right to the to the uh, rim. Yep, I don't think Kyrie's going anywhere. Well, I think the the Nets are just anchored. They're just anchored where they are right now. You don't They're think stuck. there'll be a Kyrie for uh, Westbrook trade? How does the money work? I mean, I mean, if you were the Nets, Why? would you rather have Why would you trade at eight? Maybe I can handle this headache, but I've got the other headache I got. Uh, at least, at least Russell Westbrook plays hard. You know, reunited. <laughs> All right, tell me a percentage that you think, like twenty percent or fifty percent, that both Irving and KD will be back with the Nets this year. Seventy-five percent. Yeah, I was gonna say fifty percent, only because it only takes one phone call to dump Kyrie. I think at this point, the Nets would dump Kyrie for, for anything. <laughs> it's just, West, I don't that Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, yeah, that's true. I don't think anyone wants, wants Kyrie period, except yeah. for LA. All yeah. right. What percentage all, all takes is one. What percentage of the Warriors will repeat? Oh, uh, less than 50%, 40%, oh. 30, 30, 30. I go 30. That's rough. I was going to say 60%. I mean, who... We haven't had a repeating... We haven't repeated since when? The Heat? Is that the last team to repeat? No, since the Warriors. Well, the Warriors, yeah, but that's... When they won four and five. That's right. I mean, yeah, the thing but... is, who... who? Okay. Okay, let's break this down. Who God. is... Who's beating the Warriors? And what percentage chance do they have of actually making it happen? I think a Phoenix. Phoenix is one. Boston and Milwaukee. Not New Orleans. Right? What? Not New Orleans. No. I said, were they health, I, healthy? Were they that's healthy? not what I said. Okay. You're saying the Pelicans? I'm saying that they could give them trouble in the West. You're saying the New Orleans Pelicans? <laughs> yeah. Zion Williams? Zion Williamson isn't... He can't win a playoff series on crutches, man. That's not going to happen. Okay, let's uh, Memphis Grizzlies. No, no. They almost beat them this year. They almost beat them. They... Memphis does have the best case of okay. going like uh, 2004 Detroit Pistons. But it's, Pey- Peyton's it's... gone to Portland. Yeah, McGee's, yes. McGee's gone where? Where did McGee? McGee went somewhere else. Not McGee. Uh, Who's the, the, not other, McGee. the, the center? The, the other center. Um, the guy had starting. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, shoot, I can't think. Well, while you're thinking yeah. of that, think about I agree. Kevin Looney, Avon Looney. Yeah, yeah, Looney. Looney's gone. Looney's gone. But I think Golden State has to be the favorite coming back. But it's so hard to repeat. And what role will Day- Draymond Green have on this team anymore? You know, he wants the max contract. Um, but I was listening to Dan Patrick saying there's no way you could ever give him the max contract. Uh, percentage chance that Draymond Green will not get his max contract and stay on the team. 
He's going to stay on the team. He's not getting the max. Yeah, he's not getting the max. He's not getting the max. They can't. No, well, he's insane. He's saying with KD and Irving, there's no one else. Did you, they're, they're, the Golden State is in the is in the luxury tax where every dollar they spend from this point on gets taxed. For every $1 they spend, they have to they have to pay the NBA $6 oh, wow. in luxury tax. I see them starting two rookies next. Not two rookies, but two young guys. I see Kamonga starting, and I see Wiseman starting. Okay, so realistically, Ernest, I guess the Celtics, the Celtics and Milwaukee are the two teams not named Phoenix. Those are the three, the only three that can realistically beat the Warriors. So at worst, 25, 30% chance at worst. Yeah, that's about the range I said. I said 40 to 30. So we're, we're, we're kind of in agreement. Yeah. Okay. I throw Miami in there. I really think New Orleans, you get a full <laughs> year of, uh, oh, the guy used to be at Portland. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, C.J. McCollum. Yeah, C.J. McCollum, you've got Ingram. If Williamson can stay healthy, I mean, they've got a lot of pieces. The kid they Ernest, picked... in, in theory, the Pelicans work. I'll tell you what, the Grizzlies, though, the Grizzlies have have the 2004 Detroit Pistons vibe building, right? They have that, that kind of vibe going, which, why not? Why not? If, if maybe they're... They're really hot next year come trade deadline, and they can make a trade for a big-name star you know, for half of a season. That might be the perfect situation for them to, you know, to get someone who can push them over the edge. Hey, Kyrie, be available. <laughs> yeah, there, well, there got their no, point. No, no, that's, that's got to be an unselfish team. We are, we are forgetting if, if, uh, Kyrie, if uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George stay healthy for a year. That's not going to happen, I don't think. Well, you know who – let's see. What, what was the James Harden contract he just signed? It was below max because they won the room what? for P.J. Tucker. And... But it was still a lot of money. Okay, oh, yeah. Mind. And then and they're under investigation by the NBA. Because, I, I was... Oh, well, no, they may have made arrangements before the start of the free agency period. <laughs> James Harden is the type of is the type of player that you know if it didn't work out in Philly, and he was unhappy, and next year was a player option, but it might not be after this next year. But that kind of you know thing might work out for for Memphis Grizzlies. You know, you get one really old aging guy to come in and try and help push you over the edge. But New Orleans is not going to happen, Ernest. You can you can pretend and dream all you want. There's no I, I way. I think they're the best sleeper. They're my sleeper. I mean, they're how many, how many games? Is, like, how many games is Zion Williams? <gasps> Jamal Murray is coming back for the Denver Nuggets. We hope. We that's another one, and they've kind of streamlined it. And they pick up uh, uh, one of the twins from the Clippers. I think they did, and had a pretty good draft pick, also. But you guys are discounting the Mavericks. No chance, right? Not at this moment. No, this I moment. mean, that's that's you lost your point guard. I mean, it's 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 a good team, but it's a one star team. They're not there yet. You know, they got there. rid of they got rid of Porzanis, and that was a second score. For them. I feel like you're intentionally mispronouncing the name for me. <laughs> uh, I am. It's yes. the late night thing. It's the late night thing. All right. Well, let's let's move on before we get too wiped out here. So, quick question. Yeah. Uh, Tomorrow, the uh, suspension for uh, Watson comes out. Yeah. And we're doing this on Sunday night. Y'all want to guess what you think it's going to be? We're talking NFL, folks. If you're not NFL, NFL, Cleveland Browns. It'll be way fewer than he deserves. We can go ahead and call that. I think it's. I think it'll be eight, and then he'll appeal it down to six. So all the women he settled with with this, or is there a couple still outstanding cases? I, there's still I a couple. There there's two, a couple out. Yeah, two, two or four stilts. and there's a new, there's a new one too. Get, I'm I'm calling it twelve, and then he'll be lucky to get it down to eight. But I would not be shocked if it was sixteen, if it was a whole or eighteen, if it was a whole season. Color, color me not shocked. You gotta think no. with a longer, with longer season might equal a longer suspension as well. But David, that means he hadn't picked up a football in two years. 
I mean, I'm not. I'm yeah, I'm not factoring that into the equation. This I know that. I know that. But to me, uh, that makes the risk for Cleveland bigger because then, then you're talking. Oh yeah, yeah. Cleveland is screwed. Cleveland. I mean, I mean, that's that's Michael Vick territory. Michael Vick came back. He was not the same. When you don't play for two years. Uh, I don't care how much you you warm up and practice and train with the team and all that. You're not going to be the same ball player. Ernest just licking his chops with that Baker Mayfield season. <laughs> That's yeah, yep, yep, yep. Baker is leading us to the promised land. Well, Luckily, now the division is becoming mediocre. Yeah, Paul, you you, you got your pick. My pick for what? Games. Suspended. How many things he's going to get? Oh, I'm going to think he's going to get eight and get down to six. Oh, wise minds agree. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Ben Ruffles. Roethlisberger got what? He got, and that was only one individual. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's he nothing. He was suspended like for six, and they brought it down to four, I think. Wasn't that it, the deal with Roethlisberger? If, if there wasn't as much, if there wasn't so much money involved, He'd be just gone from the NFL, but money. Um, I'm telling you, longer season. It's a good thing he didn't kneel during the national anthem. <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> man. Oh. Who? What was? You know, he's been a, accused of this by so many women. I know he, no criminal charges are being against him. They they're not going to do and that. His lawyer is pretty much. His attorney has pretty much confirmed everything. Y- yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like it's, mis- it's not. You, it's not illegal to receive benefits. Right. Um, yes. Wow. Yes. It's just a bad look. And, you know, 20 years ago, he wouldn't be in the NFL anymore. I'd be done. Yep. But, but money. Money. Talking about money, uh, I had a really weird question before we get to Ernest's favorite segment, which he talks about culture. Right now, <laughs> the Live Tour continues to make headlines. Bubba Watson's going to go. Charles Barkley has decided, no, nah, he'll stick in TNT for a little longer. But I was wondering, is there any other sport that money could come in and create a second league? Like the NBA, is there any way that the Saudis could come in and say, hey, here's $3 billion to start a second NBA league or worldwide league? There is one, and they're scared that's going to happen right now, and that's tennis. Oh, tennis is the next. But, yeah. Hmm. Tennis There's no... the but China could come up with tons of money because they already love basketball. And start a second World War League and then take good players away. China, We're looking for regimes who illegally mistreat people, cleansing their name to sport. Well, yeah. China, China this is the Olympics, it. isn't it? Isn't this what the Olympics have been the last 20 years? Yeah, China China has done it a different way, Dad. They, they've done it the smarter way, which is they're just buying into all of the franchises and, and attaching their their uh their claws into the tv rights contracts right so like they the china already owns the nba (laughs) i mean you can't you can't criticize china or look at look at what happens right uh lebron james isn't willing to step on any toes when it comes to china um yeah the the chinese has are they've already they've already had a silent takeover of the major sports franchises where Saudi Arabia is coming in trying to purposely show off their wealth, right? China, China's doing it to, to enrich their power and influence over, over the West while Saudi Arabia just wants to show off how great they are. So we will accept them. That's, there's like a slightly different dynamic, right? One is, yeah. What one, is ego and then the other is power and and china is smarter in that regard a more closer comparison would be cutter with the world cup in dc right yeah they're pretty much they're going to show this happy glass and chrome place that stadiums were built where workers from the orient died uh constructing these things so you're you're so is there is there a professional sport where fans would accept new teams i mean like maybe if saudi arabia did a football league can you see like an american football league where there's eight teams and just way too much money do like a usfl 
uh, more soccer. They want something worldwide. Right, right. They could well, do they, they, that championship or whatever conglomerate they were trying to put together at the, the last year. I think the Saudis could do a Super, super League. league of the super, so, so in their own the, teams. In soccer, the ownership rules are different for each nation, right? The well, owner soccer they could club do outside of FIFA. different, but in but in America, the United States, there's typically you you have to be rich, right, to own own a sports franchise. But if you are if you are rich and foreign with shady with really shady background, you're not going to be an owner of an American sports team for too long. Think Daniel about, Snyder, blue phone for Daniel no, Snyder. He, he's an he's an American. He's an American. We like our own shady American Sweet. owners. Okay, yes. all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you I think of like see, the the I Russian can... billionaire who owned the Nets for a while. Yeah, I mean, he had to he had to give that up, right? And right. now we have a Chinese American who owns the team. Yes, who has dual citizenship. They've yes. Uh, I like I said, I could see them do something outside of FIFA, create their own super soccer league. All right, we're running out of time, so Ernest. Um, I had to get a little soccer in there for David, but um, oh, and go Liverpool. Did, all right, Ernest, your cultural take for this week. Oh, I got real quick. Like I'll do this quick. Two quick movie reviews. Uh, the man from Toronto. I just I don't like Kevin Hart. Okay, I mean Woody Harrelson. Uh, it's was such that, a bad movie. It is oh. a bad movie. It's just it's formulaic. Now let me get get to the sappy movie. Okay, American Underdog which is the Kurt Warner story. And I went into it going, this is going to be a sappy piece of mess and the players won't look realistic. And I know arena football, they'll have some generic helmets. No, it, uh, now the guy playing Kurt Warner does not throw the ball like Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner kind of threw a three quarter motion and he goes over the top. Uh, it's, the, it's, it's a nice movie. It's a good little movie. I mean, I was really shocked in that respect. And, and uh, Dennis Quaid plays Dick Vermeil, who went into the Hall of Fame this week. And it's it's a nice little movie. So I would don't waste your time with the man in Toronto. See American Underdog. If you like football, if, you don't have to like football. It's a pretty good message in it. And I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, today we had another major death, and that was uh, uh, Michelle uh, Nichols, who played Lieutenant Uhura. And Nicole the Nichols. Star. Nicole Nichols, excuse me. I'm just missing up names tonight. Okay. It's late at night. That's what the problem. She played Lieutenant Uhura. I got that part right. Nice. It's the original Star Trek episode. And uh, it's fascinating. Back then in the 60s, there were very few African-Americans on TV series. I mean, Bill Cosby and I Spy was just about it. And uh, she got disenchanted. Most people don't realize when Star Trek was on NBC, it got horrible ratings. I mean, they tried to cancel it every year. And the executive producer of Star Trek was Lucille Ball. And she used to fight with NBC to make sure Star Trek stayed on the air. Yes, I love Lucy is the reason we have Star Trek. But she was getting depressed because she was getting fewer and fewer lines, uh, Ms. Nichols. And she was in the airport in Atlanta and just down. And she, uh, who comes across the hallway but Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? And he recognized what shocked her. She didn't think he'd know who she was. And she, for a moment, you know, he asked her how the show was going. And she said, well, I'm thinking about leaving. They're cutting my lies. And Dr. King said, no, no, you are a role model, not only to African-American females, but to all African-Americans because there's so few on TV. Because this is person of authority. It's the lieutenant. She ran the communication in. And that kind of uh, gave her the... Uh, the fortitude to stay with the series and her last episode, she appeared on an episode of Futurama with all the, uh, Star Trek group, except for the Forrest Kelly who had passed away and James Doonan who had passed away. Uh, that was bones and that was Scotty. And there's an episode where, uh, in the future, uh, only your head survive and they get together <laughs> to shoot an episode for an alien boy who wants to do his own script. It, it harkens back to an old Star Trek episode where they fought an alien, which was a boy playing games. But it was, it was good to hear those voices, and she appeared several times. Uh, she was part of Al Gore's uh, Rescue Rangers, 
<laughs> on Futurama, on beloved TV series. <laughs> but uh, again, it's part of my childhood. Some more of it slips away. And uh, she was, uh, like Bill Russell, a forerunner for African-Americans in, in her field in that respect. But again, don't waste your time with Man from Toronto. It's the American underdog. It's, it's a movie your kids can watch, okay? I'll put it to you that way. I watched the first 10 minutes of A Man from it Toronto. It gets better. And I oh, had to turn uh, it off. Oh, it, was, it was so... It's, it's it, Kevin Hart. I mean, it, I just, it, was I, like, it was like every person in that movie was paid double just to show up and act. And there, there's just no heart in it, except for Kevin. <laughs> yeah. He's just so loud and dominant. I mean, I'm, I know that's something I got to get over, but he just, Kevin Hart is Kevin Hart in everything you see. There's no nuance, no change of character. Chris Rock did Fargo, that, and you didn't recognize him as Chris Rock. I mean, other, that's what, other okay. people can change. Go ahead, David. I'm sorry. I cut no, you. no, that's why you need uh, The Rock. Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart to just play every movie together. Cause I mean, they are the same. And they have a they, movie they are, out right now. Oh, they have like four, they've made like four movies well, together. The, and DC they're super fine. pets and animation that came you, out you, this week. Oh, amazing. You know what you're getting with them. When it's, when it's those two together, it works, you know, it works fine. And you know what you're getting every time with, with them, right. Central intelligence, et cetera. It is. It is. Those are. I can deal with those movies. But well, yeah, Kevin Hart by himself. Yeah. Let me wrap this up with another movie where you know what you're getting. I sorry, David, but I want your mom to go see Maverick, the latest Top Gun movie, <laughs> and it was exactly what you want in a summer movie. You know what you're getting. I thought for a second they were going to do something more dramatic, and Tom Cruise. Um, spoiler alert, turn away if you haven't heard this, would finally die in one of his movies. I don't think he's died in any of his movies ever. Every one. movie he runs, every movie he saves the day. But you end up thinking, this is a great summer movie. It was just for the fans. The most honest part of the movie was before it started, he came on as a preview saying, this is for the fans. And he looked like he didn't have Botox for the last six months and his hair was more natural and he looked healthier than I've seen him in years. So... Hey, great summer movie. Go see it. Uh, thanks, oh, guys. For doing well, the... Uh, the trivia question. What's the movie he died? I don't know. <laughs> it, oh, the Independence Day? It wasn't an Independence Day. No, the That's one where it's 4th of July. Uh, where it's no, a paraplegic? that got survived. Yeah, that got survived. It's, it's Collateral with Jamie Foxx. Oh, he died in Underrated that? movie. Oh, he gets killed by Jamie Foxx. Oh, I didn't know the that. The plot happened. is Jamie Foxx is a taxi driver, and for the night he picks up, and Cruz is a hitman. He has gray hair, and he uses Jamie Foxx to track down all these people to kill him. And that's the only one he dies in. It's like John Wayne. The only movie John Wayne died in was The Cowboys. Yeah. Huh. There you go. Ernest would know. All right. For these two guys, I'm Paul Arnold. Thanks for listening to Pardon the Confusion. Email us at gobluearnold at gmail.com and have a great night. Good night, good night.